this, this is how we raised this generation. We gave lip service to it. Yeah, well, we didn't complete the, we, we didn't complete the cycle of the message, right? I, you know, I think more people in our generation raised our kids to be more open-minded and to be more thoughtful and considerate. We, we had the words for it, right? You know, when it comes to fathers raising their girls, I do think that the average father today does believe that their girl can be anything she wants to be. And they're delivering those messages around the dinner table. And, you know, there's a different way of parenting. But what we didn't do, we delivered the messages at the dinner table, but we didn't take them to the boardroom. We didn't change our workplaces. We didn't change things outside. Of we didn't institutionalize. We didn't institutionalize the values that we've right. been teaching this generation of kids. So now they're growing up. They're leaving the dinner table and they're going out to the world and going, the world doesn't look like what I was taught back at home, you know, and this isn't right. Young people are idealistic as they've ever been. I think more idealistic now than they were when I was growing up. The difference, though, is that that idealism, they feel as if they can channel it outside of governmental structures and outside of uh, politics. The problem is, again, we're getting a pretty good lesson in this right now, there's some things we just can't do by ourselves or even groups of us can't do by ourselves. As a general proposition, we can't build infrastructure by ourselves. We can't deal with a pandemic we, by ourselves. We can't effectively educate the public by ourselves yes. through individual schools, through, yes. you know... There, there, there are just certain things, things that, that you have to do collectively because they're too big, they're too expensive. At the end of the day, I think that people are going to be... You think they're going to do the right thing? I think folks are going to do the you right thing. You think they're going to vote? You, you know, I, you know me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just... You are the eternal optimist. I'm, I'm the, I'm You're the, the S-U-E. Yes, we can, I'm, man. I'm, I'm the yes, we can, man. I am the audacity of hope. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, What's the alternative? That's the thing. And that's the As point. cynical as I can be in this, in the end, I, I agree. We, we don't have an alternative. I think where we disagree is usually you just think things have to get super, super bad before folks figure stuff out. Well, I hope we're and I, at that I'm point. always thinking, you no, know what, maybe we can out. learn before a little bit. Before we crash before into we... the sun. <laughs> we're getting close. Will Robinson, pull out. And it's like, nah, it's not hot enough. Yeah. Um, Will Robinson. See, now that's, that's a that's reference a that's... Uh, Anybody under 50 will not recognize. But I, I, I uh, tend to agree. You know, when in doubt, rely on hope. Because, well, you, as you pointed out, as, as a former president who reads and knows history, let's just take a moment to pause and think about that. Uh, but as that person, you understand the arc of progress we are, we are moving toward more inclusivity, more openness, more we-ness. It's, 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 it's not an easy trajectory. It's in fits and starts. It is bumpy and it is uncomfortable. Yep. And that's how change happens. It's, it's not just one continuous arc. It's up and down. It's cyclical. Exactly.
First of all, thank you for um, <laughs> what, like you had a choice. Right, exactly. What are you talking about? But it's been fun to share um, some like of the conversations talking. that we have around the dinner table. Yes, sometimes our dinners get a little heavy. Um, part of what I hope that listeners will take away is from this conversation is not that we have the answers, but these kind of conversations need to happen around our dinner tables and in our smaller communities for us to just sort of understand and to appreciate the importance that community plays on who we are and that we can't do this stuff and we're not supposed to do this stuff. We weren't built to do this thing called life in a vacuum. It is much more hopeful. It is much more gratifying, much more effective to live this life as a we. And I think as young people listen to this, as they're starting to shape their past, I would really strongly encourage them to think about building lives that are selfless. Not because it, just because it's the right thing to do, but it truly is the better way to live. Um, it's more fun. It's more fun. It's more fun, and, and it, it comes back. And, yeah. and look, I, I know that this podcast is is focused on a bunch of different kinds of relationships that we all rely on. And maybe one thing everybody can take away from this podcast relative to the other shows and other guests you're going to have on is just that you can't isolate the healthy friendships, marriages, parenting that goes on from the communities that they're in. So, so all these relationships are are valuable by themselves, but they thrive, they, they prosper when the whole society is reinforcing these relationships. When you and I think about what's the inheritance we'd like to leave Malia and Sasha, more than anything, what it would be is that they're living in a country that respects everyone and looks after everyone celebrates and sees everybody because we know that if we're not around but those girls are in a society like, like that, that they'll be fine yeah. right that's absolutely right okay couldn't have said it better myself well, <laughs> thanks for having me appreciate you more conversations to come i'm so looking forward to all the other podcasts <laughs> and wisdom that will be rolled out love you Love you. Well, I would like to thank my wonderful husband, Barack, for joining me today on this inaugural episode of the Michelle Obama podcast. I know that a lot of you have been having similar conversations with the people you love, trying to figure out just how you feel with all these changes happening. But asking yourselves... What is it you want to actually do about it? How you answer those questions is unique to you. 
to your experiences, your communities, but the important thing is that you do, in fact, answer those questions. That you go through the process of reflecting and reaching out to close friends and families to talk through what you're feeling and what you're hoping for. Because once you do those things, you do that work, I think you'll have a better sense of your community, of your country, and yourselves, more importantly. And if enough of us can do that, if enough of us can empathize with one another going through that process, then over time, and it will take a long time, we can come up with some solutions, perhaps create the change we're all hoping for. So I know a lot of you are, are hurting out there right now. A lot of you are confused, and that's okay. But as I've seen, as Barack has seen, we can take that anger, that disappointment, and turn it into something useful, perhaps even something hopeful. But we've just got to keep having those conversations because once we start the conversation, there is no telling where it will go. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and I will talk to you again soon. This.